0: Talking travel for our sponsor, Travel on King. Sally Lucas, it is so close to Christmas now, so let's have a little bit of Christmas in the
1: program today. Well, that's what I thought, Jane. Everyone's sort of in the mood at the moment. It's only Monday, and gosh, where has the year gone? What do you mean it's only Monday? It's actually Friday. Christmas is, mo- oh, Christmas mean, it's is- only on Monday. It's how close it is. So Jane, you're getting confused. I'm confusing me, you. Never. Never. No, me <laughs> either. I don't get confused ever. Um, talking about markets, I think because every time we do talk about winter in Europe, we do think markets and I think they are probably some of the most magical markets that you can go to. Uh, very colourful as we've described before and just so much happening. So this was just written by um, Qantas actually just did a bit of research and said this is what they considered some of the most magical Christmas markets. Now, one of them is in Liseberg. uh, Sorry, it's in Gothenburg, but it's called the Liseberg Christmas Market. And it's in an amusement park in um, in Gothenburg. And you can have reindeer rides. That's
0: Sweden, isn't it?
1: Yes, Sweden. Sorry, I should have said that's Sweden. Of course, there
0: are reindeer there. Of course,
1: excellent. And you can meet the Sami herders from Lapland, and you can stroll among wooden cabin-style market stalls and local treats. And there's even a recreation of Santa's house. Now, everyone thinks Santa came from there, but of course he didn't. He originated in Turkey because he was Saint Nicholas.
0: No, no, he went. He came from the North Pole.
1: (laughs) I'm sure he (laughs) He eventually. He eventually ended up there. But his beginnings. All right, we're in Turkey. We're in okay. Turkey. Saint Nicholas. Saint Nicholas, and that's where it all came from. Some were from Nicholas, wasn't it? The Santa Claus, and that became Santa Claus, and so on. So there's a bit of a story there. If you ever want to look up as the story of, you know, Saint Nicholas or Santa Claus and how we got there. And also, there was something I read the other day: is Xmas considered, you know, an insult instead of Christmas? But it's not because X in the Greek language means Christ.
0: Yes, it's the letter that yeah, the name so Christ it's,
1: begins. Yes. Now the other market. Now this sounds unusual is the Toronto in Canada's distillery district. So it's got refurbished industrial buildings there, and it's now a national historic site in Canada. And they actually have year round festivals there with events for the whole family. But the Christmas market they say is absolutely ethereal. With the uh, buildings are strung with beautiful lights, and the alleys lined with wooden huts, punctuated by traditional style gas lamps. Lots of live performances and open fires we can have your hot chocolate and your mulled wine or whatever so that that was a really interesting well i wouldn't have thought of toronto so there you go um the other one is in san francisco it's the great dickens christmas fair and apparently since 1970, uh, passionate performers and historians have banded together to recreate Victorian London from the time of Charles Dickens. Oh, how interesting. Yeah, with elaborate costumes, lighting furnishings again, sip on hot buttered rum. There's a bit of alcohol seems to come into this, doesn't it? And toddies. Mm. But oh, the no.
0: smell is so good, isn't it? Oh, yeah. The spices. Oh,
1: the... they say you can enjoy a traditional spot of tea <laughs> while you're taking a live performance or wander the streets and you'll meet people such as Her Majesty Queen Victoria Ebenezer Screams and the ghost of Jacob Marley. Now, the other one is Heidelberg. Now, we always think of Munich and some of the other cities in Germany because they do have wonderful markets, but then so does Heidelberg, a much smaller town, you know, considering. But again, they have the glue, wine and fairy-lit booths, roasted chestnuts, warm pastries, and they sell the most intricate and adorable wooden and blown glass ornaments there as well. And it's only an hour south of Frankfurt Airport, so it's quite easy to get to. And another one is Fiera de Santa Lucia. In Barcelona, and apparently the origins of this market date back to 1786 when stalls first began to set up and sell wares outside the Catedral de Barcelona. They have more than 280 stalls selling traditional Christmas wares and have gone, there's all performances of Catalan dance troops, etc., etc. And they say, at least it's warmer there, the average daytime temperature is only around 11 degrees. Oh. <laughs>
0: It is, after all, a winter festival, isn't
1: it? It is. And also, Jane whole it's the 200th anniversary this uh, year of the famous Christmas carol, Silent Night, Holy Night. And they never lived, the two composers, to see it, uh, get this acclaim. And they were from Austria in Salzburg. And one was a priest and a minister, and he wrote the words in eighteen, round 1816. And uh, his name was um, Joseph Moore. And then the other was it, uh, Franz, Guzava, Franz Xavier or Zava Gruber so one wrote the lyrics and one wrote the music but much later on with the actual music added to the lyrics and eventually of course it's become the famous song that it has but yes yeah, so it, you've got the uh, apparently there's a silent night museum in the town of, is it Hallein H-A-L-L-E-A-N?
0: H-A-L-L-E-I-N June, mm.
1: Hallein yeah and uh, so there you go and even the um, his guitar which he had as a young priest Joseph Moore was a young priest it's still in that museum, his original guitar that he used to play, the original song. So there you go, some interesting little tidbits about Christmas.
0: Certainly, yes. It is 16 past one and we're talking travel for our sponsor, Travel on King. We're looking at some travel tips. If you're going
1: away, Sally Lucas, how can we help? Well, I think we can help by advising people, number one, to stay safe. That's the most important thing keep your documents safe like even your passport some people put it in with things I was hearing a story the other day someone put it in their cosmetic bag or something and something leaked and they got to check in and they said no it's you've damaged you've damaged the, the photo and they so, so you had to stay behind and not fly onto America and have a new passport issued mm. um, which they did within 24 hours but even so you know so you've just got to be very careful and also with your new passport you've got that electronic bit in the middle which holds all the data so that middle page so you just must not damage that in any way either. So really, be very careful with your passport, where you have it, where you leave it. Get one of those RFID folders, which you can get just about at any of those camping or you know travel stores that stop people from reading it. Um, and you know, just keep electronically. it electronically. So just keep yeah. it safe. So that's my first thing. Your passport's the most important document you've got. Like you know, airline tickets these days are e-tickets. You can ring your travel agent or your airline and get them reissued and things. A passport's a little bit more difficult, particularly if you're on a country where we didn't have a consulate or embassy, you know, it's a very important document. That's my first tip. Um, If you can, I know it's winter if you're going into the Northern Hemisphere, but if you can travel light, you know, think of like thermals if you're going winter, very lightweight, and don't worry about if you have to wear the same thing all the time. It really doesn't matter. You're usually in a different place or country every every couple of days, and you won't know anyone other than maybe the person you're travelling with, so it really doesn't matter.
0: And you usually can find somewhere to wash it, even if it's in the bathroom. You can, and if it's
1: the lightweight thermals, they dry very easily as well. And just have a nice warm coat, but of course if you're travelling summer-wise, you should be able to travel extremely light ladies limit those shoes handbags and all the unnecessaries and travel really light remember you can always buy something if you have to um pack a sleeping mask and earplugs you know roll your clothes i still think that's a good idea instead of folding them but everyone has their own opinion on that you know, stuff, socks and underwear, some accessories inside your shoes, things like that. Um, for your ladies, keep a sarong or a pashmina in your carry-on. It's very handy to use as a, a shawl or a scarf if you're out, or even as a blanket on the plane if you get cold. Um, kitchen sandwich bags are great too, if you want to just put little accessories in that you can zip, you know, and, and also with liquids and things, obviously, so that you don't leak. So keep them secure. Um, all, and a packing cube, they're saying, create what they call a packing cube. So if you're visiting more than one city you'll have them sorted so if you're starting off somewhere cold then you have another separate vacuum bag maybe that you keep your other stuff for for down further down the track um also bring a multi-socket extension cord sometimes because uh, some newer hotels even though they've got the usb ports it's sometimes not in a convenient location or you might want to have a couple of things running and also your multi-socket of course the adapter as well as what you need and even if you um, have an iphone or something like that where you might have all the copies of your passports and important information you could lose that so i always still say photocopy 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 have them slipped into a secret section of your suitcase or somewhere keep it in a couple of places Leave them at home with relatives. Um, your travel agent also always has that sort of stuff on file, so you can always obtain it there as well. Um, and, you know, take some algae with you maybe that you don't really want anymore, and then you can just toss it at the end. Uh, it's another Worthwhile thing to do, or you know, when you go to poor places like Nepal, and so my husband hates extra t shirts and things that are getting towards the end, they're not bad, but like he can just then happily leave them behind and go to people that can't afford very much. So, your old sneakers and t shirts and things like that, so they're just some tips as well. And also, there's some great apps too that you can get now if you're thinking of them. Um, You can get Google Maps, Weather Live, these are all some good ones, Google Translate. Um, XE currency pro, for your currency converter. Oh yes, work out what's worth. Well, that's watch. really mm. worth working on. Yes, City Maps to Go is another good one. Uh, the WhatsApp, which is good, and Skype for making your phone calls with free Wi-Fi. So they're all things to do. And also to remember to register with Smart Traveller so that, you know, they know where you are if something goes awry or wrong in a country that, you know, they know how you can be reached or contacted, which keeps your relatives feeling a little bit more secure that knowing that, you know, you can be found. I yes. think that's important as well. And the best thing is to have a fabulous, fabulous time. Sally
0: Lucas, Hot Deals Time what is there in the current travel marketplace yes the last
1: for the year hey eh, jane uh this is princess cruises they've got an offer which goes right through till the 28th of february though so that's good and they're calling it their three for free so when you're doing a range of cruises and throughout the whole princess range not just australia but they've got a range of cruises where you can get a free um stateroom upgrade oh. free onboard spending money and a free wine and dine. So you've just got to have a look at it. It'll explain it to you if you look at a Princess Cruise website or go to your travel agent. And also in September 2018, they're welcoming the new Majestic Princess, which is their newest, most uh, luxurious flagship. And um, it's got more mini suites, apparently, than any other ship in the market. And she's coming out here for an extended six-month season, sailing to destinations including New Zealand, South Pacific, etc. So you can get a chance also to travel on that vessel with one of these. There's over 500 voyages for you to get these lovely experiences on, so long as you're booked by the end of February. Mm-hmm. Now, Swiss and Austrian, which are sort of Lufthansa, are all under the one umbrella these days, they have come out with some of the most incredible airfares. I mean, it might be difficult to get on,
0: but <laughs> because, they're so, because good. they're so
1: good, but um, these are on sale until the 31st of January for travel to 30 November. So it's quite a big wide opportunity, you know, to take advantage of these. And economy class fares with um, Austrian Swiss combinations are under 2000 return and business class on Austrian under 6000 return, also with Swiss Lufthansa combination. So they're very good Value for Money airfares Mm -hmm. to let you know. Um, Now Contours Travel to celebrate all good things to come in the new year. They're taking $2,000 off their exclusive Antarctica, Patagonia and Beyond tours until 31 January 2018. They've designed two unique small group tours that will really immerse travellers into the wilderness of the Antarctic Peninsula as well as adding all your South America bucket list items, Patagonia etc. It's a couple of fabulous itineraries so that's great savings there and lastly but not leastly um kira tours uh new zealand they've got a lovely 20-day new zealand odyssey tour for 2018-19 now these have got departures between september and next year and february 2019 it's a 20-day itinerary but with a difference um you can save up to fifteen hundred dollars roughly per couple with limited availability if you book and pay by 31 march but where they've done this differently they're limiting it to no more than 24 guests which you don't often have small group touring of New Zealand. So this is something new and different. And they're including a lot of must-see highlights with many exclusive and unique activities. You're staying more in little premium boutique hotels and lodges and, st- and you enjoy dining at some of New Zealand's leading wineries as well. Um, so, you know, go to places like Art Deco Napier, the Marlborough Sounds, um, sneak peek at the whales if you're lucky, in Kaikoura, um, Mount Cook National Park, Milford Sound, Queenstown, of course, France Joseph. You also do a trip on the Transalpine Train. Um, naturally, you go to Rotorua, uh, Wellington and the Te Papa National Museum. So there's just so much in that. And it's really a wonderful itinerary. And as I said, you can save up to $1,500 per couple if you book that by 31 March. And lastly, just to finish off on all things Christmassy, the orange of orange, orange, origin i'll get my words right not orange of christmas trees how did it all got get started well they said long before the advent of christianity plants and trees that remain green all year round had a special meaning for people in the winter so just as people today decorate their homes during the festive season with pines etc ancient people hung evergreen boughs over their doors and windows in many countries it was believed that the evergreens would keep away witches ghosts evil spirits and illness so there you go and in the northern hemisphere where you've got the solstice around 21 22 december they believed that the sun was a god and that winter came every year because the sun god had become sick or weak Mm. isn't that interesting so they celebrated the solstice because it meant that at last the sun god would begin to get well again so isn't that really interesting but the real christmas tree i guess as we know it has been credited with starting in germany in about the 16th century um and they started to do that and decorate their uh, evergreens with candles etc and yeah so there you go a 16th century protestant reformer was the first that added lighted candles to a tree because he was walking to his home one winter evening composing a sermon and he was awed by the brilliance of stars twinkling amidst the evergreens. So to recapture the scene for his family, he erected a tree in the main room and wired its branches with lighted candles.
0: Ah, how nice. And what a tradition that is.
1: Isn't it? Absolutely. So I wish everyone out there in our listening audience the most wonderful Christmas. And I just hope their new year brings them lots of fantastic things. They stay healthy, safe, happy, and hope there's lots of in store for everybody.
0: And I echo that as well. And that's it for talking travel oh, today. It is Jane. And we will be back in well, it'll be early February, the yes. end of that, yeah, that week. So fantastic! Thank you, Sally Lucas. Thanks, Jane. And uh, talking travel, we've been doing it for our sponsor, Travel on King, on Two NURFM.
1: Thanks for listening to this podcast from Two NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health